Hello everybody and welcome, well I guess it's not welcome back this time, it's welcome to the first edition of the Wasted Possession Weekend Premier League Review. Um, This is sort of a new series, I might have butchered the name already to be fair, but um, we're going to just be looking at the games that happened over the weekend and just try and have some form of monthly sort of episodic podcast to give you guys so we can just kind of assess where the Premier League is at, take it game by game, take a look at what the, what what's happened on the weekend and the implications that might be for the league. Now, um, you're not going to see um, all of us in this sort of episode. Predominantly, it's going to be me and um, Nahyan um, in on this one. Occasionally, we might have Stick Piano or AKA John in or um, Rish in, but to start off with, it'll just be us two. Nahyan, how are you feeling about starting this one? Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Just giving our thoughts on the weekend games. There's going to be a lot of uh, lot of slating Liverpool, I believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to United fans. Yeah, that's the only thing that's going to be the issue with this bias. But um, I think we just get straight into it because, to be honest with you, mate, this this weekend has been one of the <laughs> biggest weekends of football that I think I've seen in a long time. Now we're going to kind of do it. I guess you could say sort of match of the day esque where we take what we believe to be the biggest games and work our way down. And I don't really think that was a bigger game this weekend than the game on Saturday between Leicester and Liverpool. Obviously the game, game week 24 is what we're in finishing three, one to Leicester. Another error by Allison. Three in two weeks. Obviously, he had the two um, the previous week as well. What 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 what's happened there, Nakian, man? Like honestly, I mean, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was it was tough for him because they they were dominating for seventy five minutes. Well, I wouldn't say dominating, but it was sort of going to plan. They got the goal. They could have easily scored before that. Leicester weren't really in the game, and then. It goes the other way. Madison gets a free kick. A lot of people are questioning whether that was a free kick or not. However, it was a goal. It can happen. When you only score one and you don't kill the game, you leave yourself exposed. And um, yeah, Leicester got back into the game and Allison had a howler. And you could argue, you could blame the centre-back, you could blame Allison, But at the end of the day, it was another error for him. I mean... I don't know what thoughts you have to say mm. on it, but... I, see, the thing with me is, I've always had the sort of belief, especially looking at that, where if your defence can can handle it, let them handle it, right? Like, Kabak could have easily handled that situation there, rather than getting KO'd <laughs> by Alisson. Yeah. But at the same time, once the keeper commits, as the centre-back, I think you need to just just... Stay off. I don't think Allison commits if Kabak's not there. If they have their general centre-back duo, I think he has enough trust in them to sort of not um, do him dirty like the way he did. But ultimately, it's it's one of them, isn't it? Like It was, it was yeah. unfortunate for both parties. Obviously, defensive mix-up. Maybe, you know, they haven't quite gelled. Yeah, obviously, Kabak is a new player. But I think the thing that I think is most concerning, if I was a Liverpool supporter... What I'd be concerned with, particularly right now, is the fact that if Salah doesn't score, nobody scores. They've just had such a lack of goal. Obviously, Salah is the leading um, Premier League goal scorer, but 
if you look at that proportionally with the rest of Liverpool's goals, he has the vast majority. And that killer instinct is what's costing him the title this season for me, rather than the defensive errors. Yeah, I I, I think it's two ways. I mean, their goals, it just hasn't been there for them. They've been quite unlucky. A lot of people will say that not having Van Dijk doesn't allow them to push forward. However, they have had their chances. They have dominated games. Um, yeah, again, against Leicester, against Newcastle, they've been, yeah, even against Fulham, they've had their sort of chances. Maybe Fulham not so much, but it's sort of, yeah, putting the ball into the net. And when you have a keeper who's, you know, made a couple of, well, three mistakes now in the past two games, it's sort of, it doesn't help that aspect. But I think for Liverpool going forward, I think, I think things will get better for them. I think they are sort of, coming back into it now they are playing better however however they just they're not getting that fluidity I mean that fear factor has gone now when you go to Anfield it's it's not the same as it was last season you're not going there you, you, you used to go there with the impression that you had to work for every ball you had to fight for every for every chance you, you had to take your chances however against however now it's that's not so much the case Mm, I totally agree. And now, ultimately, they sit sixth in the table. They've got 14 Premier League games left. They're 13 points away from Manchester City, who have a game in hand. And let's not forget Everton, who are three points behind them. Villa, who are four points behind them, both have two games in hand. Two points away from top four. You, the current form, I don't think they're getting Champions League, to be honest with you. And that is such a... I didn't think I'd be saying this after the season in the season before that they've had but ultimately that's where the target is now do you think they're actually going to get that i doubt it i mean i think top four is actually tough for everyone and we're going to come on to that later when we talk about some of the other clubs but i think there's only one club in the league that has top four sort of in the bag however top four for liverpool i i doubt it i mean we, we can already tell that this premier league is tougher than the rest of the seasons Relatively speaking, a lot of the other clubs are quite strong. So I think it's going to be difficult for them, for them to sort of overcome this bad form. Although I did say that they, they are looking better and they, and things will get better for them. I don't think... I think top four will be a challenge. I think they're two centre-backs. I mean, playing Henderson at centre-back is sort of compromising them a lot. Because Henderson's... One, you take the loss of it, removing him from the midfield. And then the sort of loss in putting him at centre-back... Although he's better than the other centre-backs there, but compared to Gomez and Van Dijk, as expected, you're also losing. There's also that difference in quality. So it's a sort of a, a double whammy, so to speak. Mm, 100%. They have obviously had their problems this season. Whether that is a viable excuse for where they are right now is neither here so. nor there. But I think, you know, going to what you said about there's one team in the league that has top four in the bag. Pretty sure you meant Manchester City. <laughs> no, it's, it's Man United. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a nice follow on to go to Manchester City now. Um, a 3-0 home win against Tottenham Hotspur. I thought that was a bit misleading. Obviously, you had Gundogan um, show some really good quality with the goals that he scored. Particularly, um, I think the second one. 
um, was it the second one or was it the third one? The one where he took them two little death touches and planted it in. That was the third. Um, the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I mean, two goalkeeping errors. I guess, you know, I think Loris will definitely be disappointed to concede the second one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He got a hand on that first one. He just didn't. He has paper wrists. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, you know, I felt like you can't expect a keeper to really save a penalty, um, personally. But when you know he get goes the right way, gets more than enough of his glove on the ball to stop it from crossing the line, but doesn't. It was a poor penalty by Rodri. I think even Pep Guardiola's come out and said that now. You know, I think Loris might be past it now. I don't think the result was indicative of the performance, personally. When you look at that 3-0, because um, watching the game, if Harry Kane scores that free kick, which hit the post, and, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal strike. He was very unfortunate not to score that. I think it's a different game. I don't think you can critique Mourinho for the style of play. They were always going to concede possession and the shots and the passing. I, mean, I think Spurs were unlucky. I see what you're saying. I don't think you can depend on a free kick, though, um, for, for you to say that their performance wasn't indicative of the result i think that i agree with what you're saying but in the first 20 or 30 minutes watching it you could tell what they were trying to do because city lost the reverse fixture earlier in the season where spurs won it and they were trying to play the same way get the ball up to kane and then have the players run off him the likes of lamella son and dembele and that worked really well with obviously different players in the first first fixture early in the season but that's what they were trying to do and then in the first half an hour the game was Sort of competitive, City weren't sort of dominating, and then they give away a cheap penalty, same as what they did against Chelsea. It was an unnecessary penalty. He wasn't attempting to get the ball. There was no way he could have get, got the ball. It was a sort of just an error where where he 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 collided, and there was yeah. sort of no upside to that. They were unfortunate to concede that penalty. I think I think it was Yoberg. Yeah. He knew he knew he he knew he'd done screwed up because he he pretended to be injured. <laughs> But, you know, I did, there was no maliciousness or intent yeah. to bring the man same, down. Same there. with the Dyer one earlier in the week against Chelsea. Uh, although Chelsea were dominating that game and they, and they deserved to win. But it was a silly penalty there. And that sort of just put them out of the game because what they were trying to do was get the, was trying to counterattack, basically. And once once you go a goal down, City don't need to attack as much. So, so they could sort of be a bit more cautious. They were obviously still going for the game, but it sort of puts the plan into doubt mm, definitely definitely now the one player i want to elaborate on when we talk about this is Ilkay gundogan i don't know what this guy's been eating for breakfast lately but it must be whatever Klopp was feeding him when he was back at dortmund just to find that price tag and the move you know he's kind of flown below radar you always for me gundogan was that guy who was like oh yeah he plays for manchester city you know, I you'd always forget with the star quality that they have in that midfield. Now we're looking at a player. I don't know what's happened, but you know, people are saying he's going to win Premier League Player of the Year. The way he's going, I'm seeing a Ballon d'Or winner right here. I don't know about you. I don't know if that's too much to say. And like, if they win the Champions League, maybe. I I hate Manchester City. This is the most. I want to be. I want to be biased, but I I can't see past anyone. I don't see who's been as impactful, particularly in that second half of the season. Now, you know, he he. I think you can tell a lot about a player, like in his previous performance. You know, uh, Manchester City last time out, um, do playing against Liverpool, he missed that penalty, right? Yeah, he missed. 
and, and exactly for me you miss a penalty some players it's make or break that can just put a hamper on the whole thing and the, the game's the game's gone for them I know Zlatan Ibrahimovic is very much that type of player regardless of a penalty if, if he doesn't have a good first 20 minutes then he has a shit game he'll he'll admit that and um he has admitted that even and particularly when he has those big opportunities and he misses them earlier on Gundogan misses a penalty then comes back and scores more Two goals, sorry. I mean, he's been... Go ahead. It's just I'm just talking elite mentality. He seems to have just turned it up a level, and yeah, like I, I this this guy, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's changed, but I mean, he's playing absolutely beautifully at the moment. I mean, you could make the case that his performance, well, the level of his performance, haven't changed over the years. He's always been a key starter for Man City. He's always played a key role. The only difference now is he's playing he's playing that De Bruyne role, but not obviously he doesn't carry the ball like De Bruyne. He's just in those pockets, filling that space, that having no number nine and no attacking midfielder like David Silva or De Bruyne yeah. creates. So he's always been a key part. He's he's always played that centre midfielder role which which they've needed alongside, say, attacking midfielder like David Silva. And in front of a defensive midfielder like Fernandinho or Rodri, so I think he, he, his level of performances have always been strong. I think he's he's just been getting on the end of goals now. He's in the in those in those spaces, and when you got players like Sterling and Foden, you're gonna get the uh, the guy in the middle is gonna get those chances, and, and he's been putting oh, them away, 100%. and he's been putting them away well. Particularly the play like Foden. I mean, I w- it, he's he's, he's playing so well right now he for me he's the first name on uh the england um euros team sheet but like he's been phenomenal i i it's disappointing to see a youth player come up in uh that side of manchester's academy <laughs> but um to move it on to another former Borussia Dortmund player i guess um you know we saw spurs not spurs oh it's not that piss box to box Ben off. We saw Arsenal <laughs> come up against Leeds United. Now I, I thought this game would have a draw, maybe a Leeds win written all over it. I was very wrong. 4 0 at half time. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Pierre Merrick Aubameyang with the first half hat trick. I mean what a performance. And the thing is, I don't think Leeds played particularly bad they had the possession they had the same same amount of shots on target they 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 managed to have um better passing for me but the the clinical finishing of arsenal um i guess a penalty helps but the clinicalness of that of 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 uh Aubameyang was phenomenal i thought Aubameyang was done to be honest with um how he's been playing this season you know there's been many comparisons to Danny Welbeck um by a few people um, based on how he's performed today, but based on how he's performed this season, sorry, but I mean yesterday or Sunday, I should say this will probably go out a bit later than uh, Monday evening. It was it was phenomenal. I I I I don't. I, where's he been all season? <laughs> I mean, it sort of does sum up how how dependent they've been on their younger players. So you got the likes of Smith Rowe, Saka, players who who. Who, who have just taken, well, who've become an important part of that team, maybe too important when you're depending on, on likes of those. But he showed up yesterday. He, he He's always been great. So even when Arsenal have been struggling over the past few seasons, he's always, his goal record has always been strong. I think this season has been a bit of an outlier where he hasn't really found that touch or maybe not had the level of chances 
or the amount of chances that he used to have in the previous seasons. But before when Arsenal was struggling, he used to be there. He used to be still getting the goals. But it's it's nice to see him back, actually. Well, for that one game, let's see. Well, let's see if we can continue it. But um, yeah, again, same same with their youngsters. I mean, Smith's Road they've been they've been crying out for a number ten for for a while now. Someone who can who, who can make that final pass. And not only that, Smith Rowe adds a lot defensively. He's not he's not he's not he's not a great tackler, but his positioning when when, when Arsenal are defending is important, and that's something they've also missed because Lacazette. He, when you only have one player pressing. Lacazette's work rate isn't bad, but when you only have one player pressing, it it doesn't help anyone because you know two, three centre backs or two centre backs and a midfielder can easily just play around him, and and then Lacazette's out of the game. But when you have that midfield, when you have that next block with the likes of Smith Rowe, it helps a lot. And um, yeah, I think I think I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that they're depending on a lot of their young players. So it's it's nice to see Aubameyang get some goals and Lacazette's been good also this season which is weird to say considering they're they're 10th in the league right now however they found a good run run of form and um yeah I I, I think I think we could see them challenge for European places I think top four's out of their reach which which I think would be unfortunate for them because this because this Premier League year has allowed a team like Arsenal to get back into the top four with the likes of Liverpool and Spurs missing out However, I think I, th- I think we will see Arsenal continue this c- current run of form. I think they'll drop points here and there and then make Europa League in the end. Even yeah, that's 100%. still a challenge. I, th- I think they'll probably look at sort of seventh or sixth. But to go back to your point, is it a good thing to play in these youth players? A hundred percent. It's so refreshing to it's, see. It's more to the point that it's... they're depending a lot. I, I think. I think the thing ultimately what made Manchester United such a dominant force back in the day was playing the kids, their class of 92, bringing them in. I mean, the fact that Arteta has the balls to drop a £72 million winger for the likes of Smith-Rowe and Saka. Was it his courage or was it a necessity? It doesn't matter either way. Could you say the same about some other managers in the past? For example... He was forced into dropping Pepe. Yeah, he was forced into dropping Pepe, but ultimately, right now, Anthony Marshall still starts for United, and he's uh, he's only scored when we've been like three or four goals up this season, <laughs> again, most notably against Leeds and Southampton. So you know, I mean, you can say that it is or isn't balls, but I mean, Pe- Lacazette's still on the bench. They bought Willian and on a free this summer, paying a big money. He was on the bench, um, so you know, I think I think you have to give Arteta the credit. He's obviously. I've, I, I mean, we've had discussions multiple times. Um, I've always believed that, um, you know, hunger and desire and passion will trump skill. And you can look at someone like Smithrow and someone like Pepe. On their day, Pepe is probably a better player. But ultimately, Smithrow has that hunger and desire. And it's probably been at the club since he was a very, a very young lad come up through the youth ranks, probably a huge supporter of the club. We live and die by the badge. Um, yeah, I think I think it's fantastic to see them bring these younger players up and it's clearly it's clearly paying off right now because uh, they're playing some very, very, very nice football. Now, a club that <laughs> was playing nice football a, a short time ago isn't so much playing uh, that, that well now. Manchester United, 1-1. 
against pretty much confirmed relegated side West Brom. I still think they're going to be fair. I, I think Big Sam. Yeah, I think he's a he's he'll he'll get them to safety. It's his sort of thing. It's what he does best. But I mean, ah, that game, man. I mean, it was tough. It was tough for them. I mean, well, for United because they gave a a sort of a quick goal away. And again, when once you go a goal down, the other team can just sort of, yeah, just focus on defending. They Especially when Big Sam's away. the manager. Big yeah. Sam gets a goal up in the seven minutes. He's having that. That's his wet dream, basically, isn't it? That's what he's out for. That's exactly what he plays for. I thought, ah, oh, man, you know, I've always been critical of Lindelof. And I'm hoping more people side with me after that goal. I know, I know. Towards the end of the move, um, you know, he had a hand over his eyes, and I think, you know, I, I think that should have probably been called up. I, I, I don't see how putting your hand over a player's eyes doesn't quantify a foul or warrant it. But I mean, the lack of the lack of any defensive quality in that move was absolutely insane. And I think I think players like Diane, Diane, yeah, and, you know, players in the past who we've played this season, such as DCL and many others, have, have seemed to man-mark Lindelof themselves to try and... Um, because, because, you know, they're going to win that aerial battle. He's, he's not the most physical. I don't think he is a defender. I don't think he's really cut out for centre-back, particularly in a league as physical as the Prem. And I'm hoping that that's proved my point. We had 74% of the possession. Bruno scored a magnificent goal. We should have scored more. That late save by Sam Johnson was absolutely amazing. Um... I guess you can argue, you know, towards the end of that first half, we were we were free on a break. It was six seconds over the two minutes. <laughs> as much as much as I want to be biased, I think that what happened when we played Liverpool, fair enough. Um, I mean, what did you make of the penalty shot though? Because I don't think it was a penalty, but at the same time, if you're going to give. Liverpool that penalty. Um, who were they against? Where uh, Salah went down very easily. Was it? Was it last week again? It was against City, wasn't it? If you're going to give that a penalty, and I think Sunes said it best. He said it's soft, but his arm is on the player's shoulder. He's impeding his speed. He has to go down to then not apply that same logic to Maguire and say he's gone down like someone's hitting with a baseball bat. It was the exact same thing for me. The only difference was Mo Salah threw his arms up in the air. I don't think either are a penalty, but it can't be one rule for one or one rule for the other. If you're going to give that Salah dive a penalty, you have to give that Maguire dive a penalty. I mean, it, it's very difficult because when you when you play against West Brom, who, as you mentioned, are right down there, can you depend? Can you depend on penalty shouts to say that you should have won the game? It's the same with the Lindelof situation. It was a goal. You're gonna concede at some stage. Are you depending on the fact that you're not gonna you're gonna keep a clean sheet to win a game? I mean, like you said, seventy five percent possession. You're you're supposed to be breaking teams down. You're supposed to be scoring more than one goal if you want to win the league against West Brom. And uh, sure, the defending wasn't great, but you could isolate any goal. Davison Sanchez got got spun by Gundogan. Doesn't make him a bad centre back. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna concede grass. goals. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna concede goals. It's, it's the same with their penalty. You can't depend on these small factors. I think United. I mean, they've got a bit lucky over over a few games. You look at Fulham, where where, where Fulham played great. It, it took a great goal by Pogba to win them that game. You look at Villa, where they got quite fortunate 
well, we got quite fortunate with the penalty. Wolves, where, where it took an 89th minute to win the game. I mean, you could say that great teams win when they play bad, but how many times are you going to win playing bad? And it, I think they've United have had a lot of luck recently. They've had some a, a few great performances, don't get me wrong, like against Leeds. But I think that their, their sort of place in the table has been a lie. And we, and we touched on this sort of earlier with top four. I think that United are in the top four battle. I mean, I, I know nobody denies that, but a lot of people talk about the league. A lot of people talk about the gap, the gap to City. But, I mean, the gap to fifth is it, it, just closing right now. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a challenge for them to make top four. And and if you were to tell me that they don't make top four at the end of the season, then I, w- I would believe you because it's all just so close. And, um, yeah, I think, I think United really need to, well, yeah, solve, solve those problems because... They they've sort of gotten away with, gotten gotten away with mistakes, you know. When when they don't have Pogba scoring from sixty yards or Rashford getting getting a goal right at the end, the cracks are starting to show. Mm. Now the the thing that I want to draw upon is Rashford at right wing. That's something I've noticed. Rashford's been starting at right wing now. I think personally, I, I if I was Ali, the only reason why I'd play him at right wing is to think you're. Very good at shooting. It's your playmaking you're lacking in. You've always got that eye for goal. So I'm going to put you on the right-hand side so you have to look for that pass because you're not very good with your left foot. Now, Rashford seems to be <laughs> cutting inside with his left and then not knowing what to do. Him and Aaron Wan-Bissaka have linked up a few good times um, over the course of the past few games, um, created a goal or two um, through it. But, I mean, why, why would you play our top scorer this season on that right-hand side when he's grabbing us so many goals from the left because I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I'm sure Marshall's much more comfortable on the left than the right I wouldn't put him there for, over Rashford over his performances when you've got somebody who's very adept with his left foot like you have with Mason Greenwood um surely 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 he's on that right hand side and Rashford's on the left and surely Marshall is the player is the player that's going to have to make do when you look at the form this season would you have any thoughts on why Rashford is on that right hand side I mean it's it is it is the game against West Brom enough for you to take if these players are good in these positions? I think going a goal down. And he's then... he's not just played that that position yesterday. It's been the past couple of games now. He he hasn't been sticking to the position as much. Um, he was he was there a lot against um Everton as well. But um you'd see some form of rotation between the wingers as United have always done over the years. The wingers, particularly the best um, one that comes to mind is Nani and Ronaldo used to just switch all the time and it was great. That was the, They didn't switch once. I didn't see Rashford on that left-hand side once. It didn't really work against Everton and it certainly didn't work against West Brom. I, I think I think United's problem yesterday was sort of was sort of in that final third. In the first half, you saw Maguire having to drive forward and, and open his spaces, which is fair enough. I like that. I mean, if the space is there, take it. You're already a goal down. There's a very little threat of the counter, but I, I think they are missing. They, they've always missed that quality right at the end. And I think, I don't think, I don't think that game against West Brom was, was a factor of where Rashford or Martial were playing. Or, or the fact that if we played Martial up front and not Cavani, but um, I, I think I, I think that game was, well, was lost in a different area. But I see what you're saying. I know you're taking this back a little bit further. Truth be told, I don't really have an opinion on that. 
I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure there's a plan to it, and I'm sure if we see it more, we we, we could I could I could give my 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 thoughts on that. I mean, Martial is is a winger. He's not a striker. He, he he's in the in the time of seeing him out on the right, he's been great. So well, not great, but he's been he's been better than what he has been at strike. So yeah, I mean, I think I think for United, it's just it just it just cleaning up those problems that have been sort of disguised in, in the past couple of games. Well, in the past two three months. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Now moving on to another team lurking and around, looking at those Champions League bases potentially, and also now kind of looking at the bottom under the table. We have Everton Fulham now, a two nil away win for Fulham, third win for them of the season. Everton could have gone level points with Liverpool, and then had two games in hand. They win both those games. Their second on goal difference. Um, I think maybe second on goal difference. Let me take a look. They're not quite second on goal difference. They need 15 goals. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong column. Um, nonetheless, they're joint second then. So looking at Fulham's defense this season, everyone thought they'd be rock bottom. They've they've managed to claw their way somewhat out of it. They're seven points away from Newcastle, currently losing 2-0 against Chelsea as we record this. I mean, a game in hand now as well. Do, do Fulham take the drop? Have Everton wasted an opportunity there to kind of cement themselves as real Champions League potential candidates? I mean, if, if you think about this, this is one of the upsets of the season. I know Fulham had a great game against Liverpool, a great game a great game against United, as I mentioned. They were, they were really unlucky to lose that. But when you, when you look at the first game against Arsenal, when they lost 3-0, you were sort of saying that these guys were dead and buried. They didn't have a great run of form after that game and now they've sort of put themselves together you can tell that there's some quality in that squad now and and they've sort of you know got playing is it too little too late i think so i think a seven point gap is sort of amplified when you're at the bottom because you get less points per game at the bottom 100 percent. so I, but this I think... is this is newcastle we're talking about and they've been absolutely horrid lately i think i i, I mean steve bruce has been shocking. I know we're kind of going off tangent, but that's how we're looking at. Obviously, they got the win against um, Southampton last week, currently losing. Then before that, they lost against Palace, Everton, um, Leeds, Aston Villa, <laughs> Arsenal, Sheffield, Leicester, draw against Liverpool, um, loss against City, draw against mm, Fulham. It's, it's the first game they'd won since the 12th of December. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you with know. the game in hand, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. T- I mean, it will make things easier, of course, but I think they've still got a tough run of games. Um, I think Fulham are also the sort of team that sort of have better games against the top sides. Um, they have a lot of players who can carry the ball forward, a lot of players who can get a lot of players who can get use their pace to get in behind. So I, I, I think, I think it'll be tough for them. Um, I think Newcastle. It seems from the outside, from the eye test, that they have too much quality. Um, to go down, but yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, they definitely Fulham, Fulham definitely passed the eye test. I, I, I think Newcastle, unless um, Mike actually pulls the trigger on Bruce, um, I think Fulham maybe survive. I still, I still don't want to write West Brom off yet either, even though it's looking. I am bleak, well I and think. truly writing West Brom off. I know, but it's big Sam. Big Sam is it's this a, is that's what just he a does. Myth. I think that's, it's not a myth though, is it? The only the only season the only team he didn't really do it with when I'm trusted this sort of job was West Ham and he came up the season after. Um 
But I, I kind of want to talk about Everton as well here because they they've got two games in hand. Two wins leaves them on forty three points. They're they're fourth if they win two games in hand. But they always seem to be just about out of this um sort of this conversation for top four, and then they'll go and lose to Fulham. You know, it was there was like this on the thirtieth of January when they lost to Newcastle. You know, um, it's kind it's one of them. Like they just seem to keep getting there. Ancelotti's quality is coming through, but then at the end of the day, they're still Everton. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, John. Yeah, I mean, he'll be watching. Well, he best be. Well, he best be listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they have two games in hand in hand now over over Liverpool, who are right in front of them. Um, can you really are they the sort of the team who you, who you think that they're going to grab these two games in hand by the scruff of the neck? Not really, not under their current form. But um, I, I mean, they, they have a lot of good players. They played a, a great brand of football this season. I think that if they get Euro, Europa League, it'll be a successful season. There are a lot of teams lurking behind them, like like we mentioned, Tottenham, Arsenal, Villa. So I, I, I think it'll be, it'll be a challenge for them um, to get Europa League. But I think top fours, out of their reach, especially when they're competing against the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool for it, I think... We're we're obviously going to come on to West Ham a bit later, but um, yeah, I think I think top four is just a bit out of reach. But it's been good progress. A lot of people, when you when you look at this, they're sort of like being ungrateful with what you have because if if, if you said that they would be in this position from at the start of the season, they would have taken it. And this has been progress for them. They're playing a great style of football now, so um, I, I think that if they keep sort of trying to keep going forward. And that sort of upwards trajectory, then um, yeah, sort of, sort of better than getting enough to the point that you make top four. So yeah, I think I think they will eventually get there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been a good season for them anyway, so far. Okay, cool, cool. And I mean, looking at that Europa League, Europa League battle, we've had two teams who are potentially looking to bolster into it. Southampton one, Wolves two. Now, I'm surprised Southampton. They're 29 points game in hand. They, they, they're still kind of in that running, you know, if you look at that seventh spot, 37 points, they, they could still feasibly get there, you know. Um, but, I mean, six games without a win, they were they were, they were were top at one point, <laughs> very, very early on, but they were top. Um, they were playing some really good football. Seems to have fallen off for them. And not only that, you look at Wolves as well with the squad that they have and how they've been the last few seasons. Is 12th good enough for this current Wolverhampton team? I, I see what you're saying. I mean, if you were to say that the, this this year's Premier League year would, would, was open, you would say that Wolves will be right there in the mix, taking taking advantage of the likes of Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal and Chelsea sort of dropping off. However, this hasn't been the same for them. I, I don't know if they're sort of gassing out with the Europa League. However, it, it you would sort of expect better. But how, I mean, it's been a tough... The Premier League, it's it's been sort of a weird season. So if you know if if ninth isn't is well, nobody's saying it's okay for Tottenham. But if ninth is sort of well, yeah, I mean, not many people criticize it. So you can't really ever go at Wolves for being twelfth. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've just been a sort of club that that are just there. They haven't really had that final punch. Um, 
I guess you can put that down to, you know, Jimenez's injury, but if we're not going to give Liverpool the courtesy of having <laughs> injuries we as an excuse, we can't, we can't, we can't give Wolves the courtesy either. And it's not like they don't have some decent forwards in there, but I mean, again, Southampton, they've dropped off a fair bit. If you look at current form, I mean, you're lucky they could get relegated. I know, I know it's unlikely, you know, they're, they're 11 points clear right now, but they just can't seem to win a game. And I mean, the 9-0 against United was embarrassing. Do you think Do you think they've got anything to offer still? Um, I, I think they will. I mean, so, someone's got to fill those bottom mid-table 13th, 14th, 15th spaces. And yeah, I think Southampton's <laughs> going to be one of them. I mean, it has to be someone. It's going to be, and, and I think they will find themselves there. I mean, again, it's been, it hasn't been a bad season for them, but... Um, you know they've made progress. Obviously, that that was that was a big win against Liverpool, and even after that nine 0 versus Leicester last season, they sort of sort of clawed their way back. Yeah, that and that that was actually I think that was a blessing in disguise because off the back of that result, they were they had a really good run of form that potentially saved them from relegation. So I, I get what you mean, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I mean, flipping it, staying in that category of damn spaces, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Obviously, Burnley, Burnley Palace faced each other. Solid 3-0 win for Burnley. Two early goals from Goodmanson and Rodriguez. Early second half goal for Loughton as well. I mean, yeah, I think I don't think either of them are going to go down. Um, if I was Roy, I'd be a bit embarrassed conceding three to Burnley because I don't think Burnley have ever scored three goals in a game ever in their in their entire history before that. Um, with the defensive football that they play, <laughs> so you know, I mean, it's a solid result. They see themselves Burnley eight points clear, I Palace mean, eleven. I mean, they're safe, right? Yeah, I mean, they they, they did find themselves so, like right in the drop, and and you know, a lot of people to back them. To go down. I mean, I I think the the sort of I think th- these games like seeing Burnley sort of claw their way back out of it shows their sort of experience in these fights. You look at the likes oh, of yeah. Fulham, who were the Honestly, very young squad. I'd never gamble Sean Dyche's Burnley to get relegated. Exactly. Now, they had the, they obviously had that one relegation when they first came in. Yeah, but. That I think that was always the plan. They came yeah, back, exactly. they kept their players, came back, have been able to slowly kind of build this decent squad. You know, you got Pope, who I think should be starting for England um, in that. I think, um, I think, I, I think, I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't bet against this Burnley squad to go down. They're always going to be in that sort of dogfight. Um, but I, I, again, like. I think it's the, re- yeah, the sort of resilience. So when you're, when you're 18th and 19th, it's very easy to look at the table and say, oh, I'm all for it. It's an uphill battle. And then, you know, you play a game and, you, and you're not winning any of the jewels and, and it's easy to lose confidence. But Burnley, they, they, they sort of have this never, days, never say die attitude where even if they are lurking, well, even if they are bottom and things aren't going well. They, I mean, I, I listened to, I know, I know we want to sort of analyse specifically the games, but I, I was listening to, listening to a podcast with Sean Dyche and, and he was talking about when, when they are sort of right at the bottom they can sort of take a step back and say, look, what's, what's really going wrong here? Let's, let, let, let's take the emotion out of it. Well, what what do we need to improve? And I, and I think you see in their performances, they're very experienced 100%. being at the bottom. Yeah, and I think that's working in their favour. I think they'll, as long as Deitch is there, they'll be in the prem for some time to come. Now, looking, uh, I mean, two polar opposite teams. you got Sheffield United, still bottom, still losing. I mean, more wins, more than wins than West Brom now, which is, surprise, which is quite surprising. But you've then got West Ham now, 
I don't think we're going to talk about Sheffield, but we are going to talk about West Ham. David Moyes, currently higher than when he finished with United during that very, very, very painful season. I mean, 3-0 win, sol- solid stuff. They've been on a good run. I know they had, they had, they got the win against um, Villa on the third, draw against Fulham when they were down to 10 men and obviously just come with the win here. They did lose against United uh, 1-0 in the FA Cup, but they still played quite well. Are we, are we looking, are West Ham going to make Europe? How crazy does that sound? I mean, David Moyes' West Ham is going to, is, <laughs> looking like they're going to be going into the Europa League at least. I mean, they've got a very good side who, who are playing some good football now. I mean, that they they gave United a, a really tough game in the week, and um, you look at you look at the players they they have now sort of coming into their own, and um, I know a lot of people sort of meme Lingard, but he's always been excellent for Man United. He's all he's had a drop off recently. I don't mean to take this to sort of Lingard and Man United, but yeah, they they have they have a team now. They're playing some good football, and they've always played good football. So you know, if you take last season. Or the season with Pellegrini, sure they haven't been great, but but you could tell that there's some fluid there. It hasn't yeah. been. Yeah, Pellegrini just didn't know how to defend with average players, and that's what Moyes can sort yeah. of do. And, and he's very experienced, Moyes. Like I mean, he he had a tough, he had, he's had a tough, tough run. But I don't know if you could attribute it to Moyes or if or the fact that if you go if you have five six different jobs, you're going to do well at one place. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> well, he's I an think experienced I th- dude. So. I feel, I feel like obviously it was good for Everton. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Manchester yeah. United came just too big for him. Clearly knocked his confidence. He went to Spain, didn't do particularly well. Sunderland, I think, were already sunk when he went there. Um, so it's quite hard to sort of pin any of that on him. And yeah, I, mean, I feel like you know, second stint at West Ham. When he got the job again, he said, I'm going to make sure that they don't have a reason to get rid of me this time. <laughs> Fair play to the dude. <laughs> That's what he's done. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you've had some outstanding performances from Sushek. Antonio's been great. Ben Rahm has been great. Declan Rice is a quality, quality midfielder. He's been, he's been, he's been very good. And, uh, I mean, I, I know we don't... I know we we're sort of coming to... Well, running out of time here, but a quick word on Sheffield is that they have actually been finding form which is a shame with them and Fulham, because if they started the season like this, they, they wouldn't have been bothered, man. And, you, you know, Ram, Ramsdale's, Ramsdale's finding good form. I don't mean to single him out, but there are other players as well, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the, the goalkeeping difference is big, and I think, I feel like they were just not very savvy in the transfer market. I feel like Sander Berge, whilst he's a fantastic player, just isn't a Sheffield United player right now. They're not, he's a bit too saucy for them. I feel like they need that just sort of powerhouse no nonsense, one, one really quick. ugly sort of midfielder, if you know what I mean. And he had the bit of flair, he had a bit of beauty to his play. I don't think that suits them right now. One quick question to you then is, it was last season a fluke? I know they had a, a better keeper, no disrespect to their current keeper. I don't think it was a fluke. I don't think you can sustain a season I, like I playing the way they did. Take, you can't. I know what you're saying. You don't finish where you are in the league by fluke, but you can take a sort of a full sense, not a full sense of momentum, but well, a lot of confidence which builds that that isn't sustainable. I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah, obviously, but that's not a fluke. I don't think you can quantify that as a fluke. Sure. I don't think Leicester was a fluke. They played fucking amazing football when they won the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like that's ultimately what it is um, for me. I think I think you know they probably are where they're supposed to be. Wilder, I think I I don't think they'd be daft to sack him really because I don't think anyone else is going to be. Well, no one else would have got them there in the first place. Never mind, do any better. Now they are there. So yeah, I think I think um, Sheffield. We'll see what they can do. Newcastle are woeful. I think I, th- I don't think that relegation that relegation spots are cemented just yet. As much as I kind of like Brighton, um, they just haven't really done that much this season. I don't mean when I say like Brighton, I mean Graham Potter. I think he's proved to be quite a good manager but you know there's a few cracks there and I think Crystal Palace is starting to show a few cracks as well um you know they've, they've had 11 losses same amount as as Fulham the wins haven't been too convincing they seem to very much be depending on Wolf Zaha still so you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how it ends and then obviously the the last game of over the weekend was Brighton Aston Villa um nil nil is, is there anything to say <laughs> like, I mean I, I, because I, this is the first one, I feel like I'm sort of taking a general aspect to it rather than just focus on on it game by game. But mm. you know, I, I have to sort of incl- be inclined to say that if Villa want to be pushing forward, it's a sort of game that they needed to win. However, oh, it's difficult 100%. difficult to say that about Aston Villa, who survived on the last day of the season last year. So, I mean, should have got relegated if it wasn't for Hawkeye. Well, ultimately, that game, Brighton had 26 shots to Aston Villa's four, nine on target to Villa's one. Yeah. Dominated the possession. Emmy Martinez pretty much saved him. Um, he's been in It was. I, I try. He, I, I, top four goalkeepers in the league, is that unfair? You could, you could say top five keepers in the world. Call me ridiculous. Top five in the world? On this season's form, can you would you not say that? I mean, he's been play, one of the players of this, the season. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not. I mean, do you know the? I, I at first I was like, okay, but the more I think of it, the more you could make a case. I don't think he's that level. Top but in the top. league, okay, who well, would only you, on who, form, not class, not on form. Okay, only been, on form, potentially yeah. form wise. But I'm talking about class wise. I think right now he's a better goalkeeper than Laurie. Um, I'd say he's probably. I mean, you've got. You, I mean, Allison's made the blunders, but he's still a great keeper. Edison is probably in the Premier League. I think Edison is the better keeper right now. On form, um, I think Edison's better on form. But I, I, I find we'll find ourselves going for age. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> there's Leno in that conversation. I'm not too sure if David De Gea is in there anymore. I do rate Leno. I think Leno's probably one of the only good. Even when Arsenal were at the worst, he was probably the only ray of light that they had. Um, you know, I think I mean it's it's hard to put many goalkeepers above him, and he showed that he showed that yesterday. If, if Aston Villa do sneak into a Europa League spot because they are eighth, one point behind, two games in hand on the likes of Liverpool and West Ham, that's it, it's theirs to take. And I mean, they could definitely sneak 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 their way into it. Um, and if they do, it's going to be because of players like Leno, not Leno Martinez. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, yeah, it's my sort of final take on this will be, it's like, where's this guy been hiding? <laughs> when he said, when he said, uh, Aston Villa's a great move. I mean, I mean, you know, he was class last season for Arsenal when he was playing. Yeah. Um, pretty much won them a trophy, to be fair. I mean, they were struggling and... for a keeper for a while. I mean, if you if you look at it, before they got Lando, Czech was sort of coming to the end. Then you have Chesney and Fabianski, who are rotating a lot. I mean, Chesney's gone on to do great things. But at the time, I mean, they, they were struggling a lot. 
whilst Martinez was there. I know, okay, maybe he wouldn't, he wasn't ready for the step yeah, up. Yeah, it would have been probably been about 19 or 20 at that point. He's 26 now, I think. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe he wouldn't have been ready at that, at, at that stage. However, it, it sort of does, you know, bring the point that should Arsenal have let him go. But they do have Leno. So, yeah, they do yeah like I said, Leno, Leno, I think, for ages. I think and, and if you don't look form wise, like your pro Leno is probably the better goalkeeper. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Well, those are all the games done. Um, currently, currently there is a game being played that is Newcastle, Chelsea. Um, I guess we can have a brief. It's the 49th minute right now. Giroud scored and Werner scored. So mm, back on that, my video, that's the a, video I did for wasted that, possession. <laughs> about how we how he's gonna come back, and this is the start. This is, I mean, it is against Newcastle, so I'd say that it's probably a bit misleading. But yeah, um, <laughs> Newcastle. I, I think Newcastle will go down, and I hate to say it because I do like Newcastle as a club. Um, not 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 hierarchical sense in terms of one club city. I mean, they're playing Gale today for God's sake. Like, I, I don't I don't know what else to say. When you're playing Dwight Gale, I think it's time to prepare yourself for the championship. <laughs> Maybe that's why he is playing so he's fit for next season when they're coming up against the likes of Preston North End and uh, Luton Town. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think that'll do us for today. I had quite a lot of fun doing this one, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, it was good. Is it? It's a nice myself. start. I enjoyed myself. I but did. yeah, hope, I mean, hopefully, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we're doing a few more of these. You know, we'll try and make it a weekly thing. But yeah, thank you very much. You can see everyone. Um, you know, who's related to the Wasted Possession podcast and I guess brand, I guess that's what you'd call it, right? In the description below. Um, thank you very much. Check out our other stuff. Check all of us on Twitch, follow us on socials. Um, we appreciate the support. Hopefully we can start getting the wheels turning on this bad boy. Thank you very much for listening to me. Uh, Nakian, any words? Have a good one. <laughs> Have a good one, yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks. Bye.